Howdy, howdy, and welcome to the Daily Run, the Daily Mills audio podcast, the official podcast of Well Me. And um, hey, if you're wondering, how can I support the Daily Mills podcast? Well, by supporting our sponsors. No, we don't have any sponsors. Hey, you know how you can support the Daily Mills podcast? Uh, you just pray for me. And um, I hope you're blessed by it. And I hope uh, if you are listening in that uh, that this, this blesses you. I hope you're challenged and that you're encouraged. And uh, yeah, well, enough of me talking. Let's get to me talking. So we're in Romans chapter 6. Again, Romans chapter 6 is talking about the idea, the the biblical truth that we are dead to the, or rather, let's not, let's not say dead. Let's say free from the power of sin. Chapter five is free from the penalty of sin. Chapter six, we're talking about free from the power of sin, that sin should no longer rule over us. Um, that Does that mean it, it doesn't? Well, it shouldn't. Because he says in verse 16, do you not know? that to whom you present yourself slaves to obey, you are that one slaves to whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or obedience leading to righteousness. So you've got a choice in who you obey, Christian. You have a choice. Uh, are you going to obey sin? Are, are you going to obey that? Your The sinful desires and lusts um, that lead to death or the ones that lead to righteousness? See, Paul's going to tell us that there's three results here that for the Christian that sins. There's three results. There's three, I guess we should say, three reasons why we don't want to continue in sin. And we've talked extensively about the first one, and that is slavery. That we don't want to be become enslaved by those things again. We weren't set free so that we could become enslaved again to the same things we were set free from. We were set free so we would not be ruled by those things anymore. So let's read on a little bit. Last time I didn't go very far. So verse 17, but God be thanked, thank God, right, that though you were slaves of sin, notice that, past tense, though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. So in other words, you believed that you were set free, you believed that you uh, are saved, you believed that. Um, in the saving power of the blood of Jesus shed for you, you are saved. So um, you believe that from the heart. And so you were past tense slaves of sin. And then he says, verse 18, and having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. Now that's a really weird way to put it. And Paul knows it's a weird way to put it because he explains that that is a weird way to put it uh, in the next verse, right? So we, we were set free from sin and we became slaves of righteousness. The idea is, again, who are you serving? Are you serving sin? No, not anymore. We ought to be serving righteousness. That ought to be what we are after is serving is serving the Lord, being after his things, being about, uh, about, being about his business. Uh, so verse 19, he says, I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. Um, so the idea is he's saying, look, this is, this is kind of a, a clunky, bulky, weird way of putting this, but because of the weakness of your, your flesh, I'm going, this is, this is kind of the way I'm putting it. It's just, anyway, uh, he says, I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh for just as you presented your members 
as slaves of uncleanness and of lawlessness leading to more lawlessness so now present your members as slaves of righteousness for holiness and so he's, he's again he's drawing this comparison remember before you were saved remember before you became a christian how you were a slave to lawlessness to unrighteous deeds to uncleanness and sin led to more sin and greater sin that's how sin works that's how sin works sin sin starts off as these little things that spread and become big things that's why we should always keep in mind there are no little sins there are no little they're, they're not uh, there's not well it's not a big deal well, when you think sin's not a big deal, that's when you're in big trouble because the, the things that you don't think are a big deal, they grow into things that eventually become a big deal. And then it's, it's gotcha. Uh, it's taken over your life. It's destroyed your reputation. It's, uh, it's enslaved you again. And so um, that's how it works. It grows, it goes from the little things to the big things. So remember he says, uh, just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanness and of lawlessness, leading to what more lawlessness. So now, again, he's 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 differentiating. Now we're different. Now he says, present your members as slaves of righteousness for holiness. Or um, my Bible has um, in the center column, as I mentioned before, the New King James often does this. It has a, a better, usually a better translation in the center column, and it says. Instead of righteousness for holiness, he says righteousness unto sanctification. And so that, that kind of fills us in on what he's talking about. And that is the idea that while we're positionally righteous, I've talked about this a little bit before, that having received Jesus as our Savior, we are clothed in his righteousness. And when I stand before God in judgment, he is going to look upon me and I am I am there standing in the righteousness of Christ, not in my own, um, not on the basis of my own good deeds. But does that mean that, that I'm good, I'm done because I'm righteous in Christ? Well, no, because there's this second thing that we call being sanctified. And, and of course, he calls it here holiness, this idea of becoming more Christ-like. As I, as before, we were slaves to uncleanness and lawlessness was led to more lawlessness. Now, I'm presenting myself as slave to righteousness, a servant of righteousness, which um, should result in, well, more righteousness, making me more like Jesus. Because remember, that is uh, God's desire for us, is that we become like him. It is his desire to conform us into the image of his son. And so uh, we got to keep that in mind. That's what God wants for us, is that we are continued to become more like Jesus. Uh, so verse 20, he says this, for when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regards to righteousness. So he's saying, hey, rem remember when you were a slave to sin, you, you were free from righteousness. You didn't have to do righteousness. You weren't being tempted to be righteous. You just did what you felt like. You, you know, you just walked in sin, did your own thing. You weren't thinking about what would honor God or what would be pleasing to him. But now, remember though, now things have been flipped. Uh, now 
we are slaves to righteousness instead of freedom. This we ought to be saying, like, okay, wait a minute. Now that I'm now I'm a slave to righteousness and I am free from sin, I ought to I ought to continue to pursue those things to examine, you know, what is those right things to do, and so much of the time I think we get a mixed up view of of righteousness rather than saying what what this is my my goal in life is to be live a life pleasing to the Lord to be doing those things which honor him, to do those things that I can, you know, to do what I do in faith, saying this is what I believe God would have me do, and so therefore I am going to do that. One of the things that that I try to do with my kids um, is to, and I really, this is my desire for them, and I've told them this many times, my desire for them is that they desire to be righteous people. In other words, not that they are righteous in the sense of like the Pharisees who look down on other people, but people that desire to walk rightly with God, to live pleasing to him. Those people that when, when they treat their, their sister horribly, or for me, if I say something to a coworker or to one of my kids or to my wife, that's unkind, that that, that should bother me. That should be something where I'm not okay. I'm not okay with being a jerk. I'm not okay with mistreating someone. I'm not okay with that, that I should, I should not be okay with that. I should stop and say, God, first of all, God, forgive me. And then go to the person and forgive me. I want them to be to that place where they're, when they're thinking proud thoughts in their head to, to say, God, forgive me. I mean, I, I, I want them. I want that for you to, when you're thinking down about somebody else, when you have a coworker and you're thinking, oh, what an idiot that you would stop and go like, God, forgive me for thinking so highly of myself. Forgive me for having such a lofty view that I would look down on somebody else. I don't know what's going on in their life. Forgive me, God, for casting judgment and just saying they're a worthless jerk. You know, they're, they're, you know, that, that person's got, you know, nothing to add to this company, you know, forgive me for having such a bloated view of myself. You know, I want, I, my prayer for you, my prayer for my kids and my prayer for me is I remain have to have that soft heart to the Lord that I would not be okay. They would not be okay with unrighteousness in me. Something to think about. God bless you. Talk to you next time.